Coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Monica, and welcome to the Home Health Occupational Therapy Explorer podcast as a creation from Till and Water. Are you a home health OT feeling a bit uninspired, overwhelmed, or unresourced, but ready for change? Then stay tuned because we are dedicated to bringing you inspiration for possibility and nourishment of your home health OT mindset. So let's reinvent together starting here today and dig into this episode recorded in 2019. This archived yet priceless episode is part of a wrap up from season two. So please pardon and enjoy any dated references to the world pre-COVID. Welcome back and let's dig in. Super excited to have a special guest on with us today who who's going to help us bridge uh, a bit of two different worlds together um, and introduce us to uh, a potent strategy that we can use that we haven't really talked about much yet on the podcast. And uh, Jaren is actually uh, some form of a cousin also. So Jaren, Lucas, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Monica. (laughs) So Jaren... Right. So what's funny is we were talking prior to this recording and I was like, Jaren, so are we second cousins or third cousins? And we're both like, uh, don't know exactly how far removed. We're not first cousins. We know that. Um, and my brother, uh, Zach was, uh, recently he's like, Hey, check out what our cousin is up to. And he sent me a link, which is what put me back in touch with you, Jaren, because I think it's been like, like five or so years when I saw you last in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, so I guess, Jaren, will you, well, I'll, I'll give like the layperson description of what I see you doing in the world. And then I, I would love to hear your, your story of like how you ended up where you are. Um, so here's my layperson introduction. So Jaren is truly a light worker. Um, and this is a word that you have, you also use in your work, Jaren. And specifically, you're really helping, um, my understanding is especially entrepreneurs, but you're helping bridge the gap of um, visualization, meditation into practical use, especially in, in other industries, but especially the business world. Would that be like a super simple, yeah, accurate that's exactly description? Right. Mm. And I will say, um, you know, part of the reason that I invited you onto the podcast was when my brother, you know, hit me up with a text to check out what you were up to. I was really helped by even one of your visualizations that are available on YouTube. And, And so how did you end up in a place where visualization and meditation are not just something that you're doing, but something that you're leading companies and entrepreneurs in using? Yeah, well, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years now. Um, I was an evil investment banker and uh, <laughs> eventually got, got onto the light side. But, you know, <laughs> I, I started my entrepreneurial career and, you know, at that time was really in it for like, I had something to prove and you can just throw out like all the reasons people are on Instagram, success, money. <laughs> and those are the things that like I looked at as priorities at the time. And so I, you know, as I kind of went through my entrepreneurial experience, I was approaching it the same way as I think most entrepreneurs do, 
which is more from like work hard grind if you're not mm. working in this moment then you're waiting for a failure and and so it was only after i really started meditating years later and changed my perspective on a lot of these things and then later um you know really started to believe in in visualization and a lot of aspects of the law of attraction that mm-hmm. i personally started to see that like you don't have to live life in that way even though i would say that the past 10 or 15 years have really pushed that lifestyle and so I, you know, as I came one point where after I sold my last company, which was one of the first Bitcoin exchanges in America, I I had sold that. I took a few years off and I had been advising different startup companies, still mostly in the blockchain space for, um, for, you know, quite a while after. And I really just wasn't feeling a strong sense of fulfillment. Mm. And, and luckily my brother turned me on to meditation. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm so undiagnosed ADD. He was like, this is going to be perfect for you. Mm. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, you know, I started getting into these things and just realizing how, how much happier and healthier I was. And then as I, mm. a lot of the philosophy that I think comes with meditation um you know it just really changed my perspective on on how to be an entrepreneur and so as i think you know people are who are following me are seeing the way i ran my last company is very different from the way that i'm running this company and i'm really running it based off of more meditative practices um I have one element of how I how I operate it called meditative brainstorming, which is mm. just this process of kind of sitting down for 30 minutes with an intention. And the intention mm. might be, so it's, it's almost like meditation, uh, but you have this intention. And the intention might be like to come up with business ideas or to solve a specific problem you're having or um, figure out your marketing or whatever it is. And you can just kind of sit down and, and pay attention to your breath. Mm. And as ideas come up, if it's a bad one, then you let it go. If it's a good one, you write it down. You also let it go. And then you go back to breathing. And, and mm. so, you know, that's that. And of course, goal visualization, which is what my whole company visionary is about, is, is like really at the cornerstone of, I think, a an easier way to run a company with less stress and greater fulfillment for you and your employees. Mm. Mm. So this is uh, so fun. I'm actually taking notes as you talk here. And, you know, I can understand that um, there may be at least one listener that's like, Manika, this doesn't relate to healthcare. And I disagree. So, I mean, part of the reason I brought you on, Jaren, is because I really think that there is room for the same principles that are applying to businesses are exactly the principles that can work for people in home health. And I understand, and we talked a little bit about this before we started the podcast of, I was telling Jaren, you know, a little bit about what home health is. And and truly being a home health therapist is kind of like being a little mini entrepreneur. Like we have to set our own schedule. We have to make the phone calls and appointments. We have to communicate with management and scheduling back at the office, manage supplies when we're in the home, you know, you're 
dealing with customer service with the families. And so I guess, what are your thoughts on how these principles that you're talking about, especially the, I mean, we'll just take specifically goal visualization, could be relevant also for what possibly healthcare could be using um, in its own industry because, and I, and I say this because I know you're not in healthcare, a very common thing right now that I think is also uh, probably a common thing with entrepreneurs is burnout. And so you get in an industry you love and then before you know it, you're like, F it, I can't, it's too much. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about how there may, emphasis on may, since technically we have no research on this, um, there may be this amazing fit for the use of goal visualization for people who are in healthcare, who are maybe making changes or are just trying to do their work in a way that's not so freaking stressful. Oh yeah, well I think that home healthcare is one of the most important industries today. <gasps> and goal, goal visualization plays into that in all levels or can. Um, one, one way that is very scientifically supported is um, using goal visualization with patients. And mm -hmm. actually over the last 15 years, goal visualization has become widespread mainstream with Olympic athletes. And the, mm. what the studies show on that is that um, you can take someone who um, trains for a month. You can also take someone who doesn't train and then just visualizes the race that they're in for a month every day. And those people are going to perform almost exactly the same. The person who performs the best is the one who trains and does goal visualization. Yeah. And so, you know, mm -hmm. when you're trying to help people, um, goal visualization can be used in all sorts of ways. It can be used mm -hmm. just on the base level of looking at whatever goal it is that they want to achieve right now and just that practice yep. of, of living it, practicing it, it, and then yeah. also really embodying the life of having achieved that goal is extremely powerful. And, and so, you know, from a patient standpoint, I think just the practice there is powerful. Um, in addition to that, mm -hmm. you know, if you're getting into like, as I work with entrepreneurs, you know, this is a lot about overcoming emotional blocks. And so, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of time or may not even have the time to like really psychoanalyze themselves and dive deep into figuring out what's wrong with them and then fix it. Um, so I found <laughs> that I've actually been searching for techniques that help people excel without having to go through that. And um, there are a few mm. of them out there, but um, they all inevitably have a visualization element to them. And so Huh. What's really interesting here is just like when I when I start to look at like you mentioned burnout, depression, anxiety, um, these of course are very common in entrepreneurs and other people too. And so you know you can you can look at you can look at okay, let's just take um, you know I want to have a really successful night with my family. I'm not even going to um, bring business into this right now. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. I want to have a really successful night with my family. 
before you go out with your family, um, you can just spend five minutes to yourself, just kind of thinking about like, what does this night look like? You know, okay, look at myself having such a great time. Look at my, the other people here, they're all smiling. Just going through that simple practice is not only going to make you feel better and you more confident, um, but it's also going to help you kind of overcome those, maybe those like underlying things that prevent you from doing it in the past and without spending all Mm. the time, like overthinking it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is bringing it to a level of embodiment, not just intellect. Yeah. That word embodiment actually is so important. Um, My, my theory is that all all mental blocks, like all um, mental stresses or traumas have a physical manifestation yes. to them. And yeah. so, and, yeah. and of course that's true, right? Because at a minimum they're in the brain, but, uh, right. but you see them more deeply. You see them in terms of like the stress that we feel, um, you know, in our shoulders. I know that yeah. um, like, you know, you can start to memorize the, the, the characteristics of different emotional states. So um, gratitude's a very common one where, you know, you can kind of look at um, maybe like the upper abdomen, the middle of your back. There are different areas where um, gratitude tends to be felt by most people. Hmm. The opposite of that, of course, being true with things like um, anxiety. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can, you can look at all these different emotional states and see their physical manifestation. And this is really what a lot of people who um, practice body med- meditation become familiar with. And so, yeah, mm. I'm right there with you in the um, embodiment of, of these things. This is where we dedicate a moment in the podcast to support creating a diverse, equitable, and inclusive world, starting within our own lives. We understand that this is a journey and a commitment, not a one-time act. A super helpful resource and community can be found at COTAD, which stands for Coalition of Occupational Therapy Advocates for Diversity. This is a statement from their website. COTAD believes in action-oriented organizing to hold our profession accountable for creating a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive society. We are calling all members of the OT community to join us in sparking dialogue and igniting change to promote occupational justice. So we hope you check out their info in the show notes and stay strong in your continued work in these areas. I remember when I was um, doing, I was at a, actually a Vipassana retreat and it was one of the teachers and she says, thoughts are just sensations on the body. And that was, even to this day, it still kind of blows my mind. And now the more that I um, challenge myself to sit still because sometimes that's the hardest thing I do in a day is to just meditate and be still that there's tremendous truth in that like that when I am feeling grief when I am feeling joy when I do feel anxious all of those have a presentation whether it's like furrowing my brow you know or slumping my shoulders that, that they do they're not just thoughts they're they are presenting in my physical form somehow and And I guess circling this back around to our listener who is likely already practicing in home health or about to make the leap to jump to practice in home health. It sounds like from what you're saying, 
these these visualization goals or I, I also just recently interviewed somebody on he's more involved with working with people who've had a stroke and he calls them mental practice exercises and that he also was you know using MPE is how he was calling it and I was like what are you talking about MPE and you know and then he said it's mental practice exercises but I love kind of picking this out of the bowl so to speak to say so or I guess what I'm kind of collecting from this conversation so far that someone could use as soon as as soon as this podcast is done is to take just a few moments and to take the areas of or maybe they're anxious about coming into practice and and it's kind of like transforming the worry and where they may be mentally seeing that like they're um, they don't know what to say on a phone call or they're nervous about how to interact in somebody's home and to take those very specific scenarios and start playing with softer, more effective, more fruitful outcomes within the mental picture of the scenario. Is mm, this I really identify with that. I, I personally, if you look at kind of where I was even in college and, and the years after, I was, you know, super super social anxiety and had okay hold on one one second for some reason it just started doing a a zoom like a zoom in zoom out with you okay Okay. so so i think we're back so say that again so you said you really relate to this I really relate to this because, you know, when I was in college and my early 20s, you know, I, I definitely felt the anxieties of, of approaching new people, um, whether it's in my personal life or business. And, and so here I am, someone who wants to be an entrepreneur. And like, I, I literally could not have been more afraid of like cold calls or, um, <laughs> being influential people at networking events or, um, Mm. you know, saying the right thing to the right person at the right time. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor and to say thank you to Lindsay Ripley Jewelry. So you might be thinking, why would somebody who does jewelry be on this episode? And let me tell you, this is not your average jewelry. When I first came across Lindsay and her jewelry, I was really blown away because the pieces are handmade, it's hand designed, and she actually also does really custom work. And she has this approach with her jewelry that's almost like, it reminds me of an occupational therapist because she really tries to design it in order to match someone's lifestyle and and really who they are. So if you're looking for some outside the box jewelry to support a small business owner and or you've got a piece that you want designed but you don't know who to talk to and if it can even be made into a piece, whether that's a ring, she has the coolest flip rings. Um, So whether it's a ring, a necklace, earrings, you name it, Lindsay does things with jewelry I didn't know were possible. So check her out. She's at lindsayripley at gmail.com. And that's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-R-I-E-P-L-E at gmail.com to email her. But she's also on Instagram um, with the same name as well as that is her website. So again, that's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y. 
R-I-E-P-L-E dot com. Hey, so welcome back. So, Jaren, you were talking about how you can really relate to this and wanting to specifically create some techniques to embody the goal visualization. So will you, I'm, I'm going to hand the floor back over to you. Yeah, you know, I mean, some of the practices that have really worked for me are, I'll just start at meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you, as you start to meditate, for me, one one thing I noticed is that I actually had trouble smiling and breathing at the same time. Mm. And those are things that um, those muscles aren't that related. And people can certainly do both at the same time. And so, you know, that that was maybe one of the first times where I really started to wonder, um, hmm, like, okay, what is it that I need to break through here that, um, you know, can allow me to smile and breathe normally. So, you know, (laughs) I just started practicing it and, and these things often, you know, kind of feel a little uncomfortable at first, but at, at some point you just, your body gets used to it and, and breaks through. Mm -hmm. And there are countless things that, um, that we do like that. Like, just think about if you're out with friends and, uh, maybe you're like twitching your foot or you mm. know, your hands or maybe covering your chest, like all these little things. And mm. so where visualization can really help with these is, is instead of like just going straight out into the field and, and trying them, uh, visualization is an opportunity by yourself to just kind of get comfortable with it. Um, so it could be mm. anything from, you know, if you're going to go meet someone or enter their home and uh, you just want to kind of more than you feel comfortable, make them feel comfortable. And, and in order to do that, you actually have to feel comfortable first. So, you know, just playing that out in your mind, like, you know, when they open their door, see the smile on their face. Hmm. And so you always want to assume the best in these visualizations. And, you know, you walk into their house, what, how does it smell? Who do you, do you see anyone else there? What do you see? And you just, you start to bring in more and more uh, visuals. And for people who are kind of afraid to talk to people in particular, just kind of feel it out to start, you know, walk, walk around, see everyone smiling, kind of feel their energy. And, and then, you know, maybe five minutes into it, um, then, you know, start thinking about what's being said, what would I say? Mm. And then, when you feel like you're saying the right thing in your mind, remember it and just Mm. say exactly that. Don't feel awkward repeating it in the exact same way because, you know, like you, you figured it out, you already did the work. And, um, and, and I've found that as I started practicing this, things just go so incredibly well when you enter these, these situations that would have previously made you feel uncomfortable, which is, Phenomenal. And the, the a specific scenario that I think would be fun to introduce as um, a suggestion for people to play with, or at least I say this slightly selfish for my own purposes, but is documenting. Because a huge part of 
frustration for a lot of people, including myself, can be documenting the like whatever happens in the session has to be documented. And a lot of people put it off, put it off and they do it at the end of the day and then it takes too long at the end of the day and then you're just like pulling your hair out. So to use documentation as a potential strategy of or a, a scenario to visualize. And so like something specific that I think of to kind of match what you've um, introduced is like for myself would be seeing myself um, capture as much as possible during a visit, maybe even saying something like, give me a couple minutes to just capture some of what, what we've done so far. And to sort so of like set the stage that I'm not ignoring them to document, I'm actually pausing to capture what's happened. And then also in my car, like I tend to need silence to really catch some of the deeper details of sessions. And so visualizing myself going to the car taking 10 minutes before my next session and getting out of the house in time to give myself the 10 minutes without being late for my next visit. And so I think this could be an amazing area for home health therapists to start with is just visualizing yourself being really successful and timely and like succinct with your documenting. I think this at a very minimum playing with it, like we have not, that's the other thing with visualization is like, what do you have to lose? five minutes of your time you know yeah well and I visualize five minutes every morning and uh, I promise that even if you do it once for five minutes you'll you'll feel better Mm. I love it so yeah I think you were going to say more too about meditation perhaps Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I could talk endlessly about meditation. <laughs> and as I, as I mentioned to you before we, we got on, um, I meditate every day for an hour. Mm-hmm. So uh, I originally started with Buddhist meditation. And I, I think it's an amazing thing. I still practice it daily. I, you know, breathing meditation just purely focusing on your breath is so powerful. Um, One, I mean, the fact that you can begin to find enjoyment out of something so simple Mm -hmm. is really Mm -hmm. strong because you just think any moment that you're feeling bored or, or restless as we all do, um, you know, being able to come back to that and knowing that you've felt just this really amazing kind of bliss from that um is something you can always come back to Mm -hmm. and and so and i and i've you know i've done so many different types of meditation now that um the most recent one that i've really i i really do kind of feel like it's a level up uh from buddhist meditation although frankly or to be honest it's a different skill altogether Mm -hmm. is transcendental meditation oh yeah i've heard more and more about this Yeah, well, and I was super skeptical before trying it because, you know, it's like all around a a guru who's now dead and, um, and, you know, it's always a lot of celebrities around it. So you never really quite know what to think. And and I, and I put it off for a while just because of my skepticism. And so I eventually, you know, I started to see more and more people on YouTube who, um, who I really am inspired by uh, people like Russell Brand Jerry Seinfeld, several others um, talk about this and how how much it had changed their life, really. And so, I mean, I just can't even understate how true that is. I, you know, 
when you're when you're doing Buddhist meditation, and I'm really generalizing here, I I feel like it's really great for awareness, um, self awareness, understanding what's happening in your body, your thoughts, and building focus. Um, and and you start to become aware that there's a a watcher, a watching element mm. to mm-hmm. like consciousness. With mm-hmm. transcendental meditation, you become that watching entity and and so you as they as they call it you transcend and uh, what that kind of means in the early stages is is you have no thoughts and no mantra and and when you enter this state you really become or embody if you will pure awareness Mm -hmm. now the deeper states and these are the ones that like i've recently been touching on are are kind of these these states of samadhi, which mm. uh, I don't claim to be an expert on, but um, you can samadhi is is really the idea of entering a state of no thoughts, no sensations, no time, no space. Mm. So imagine, you know, I think I think we can um, a lot of us like in meditation can get to that point of no thoughts, even if it's just for 10 or 30 seconds. So, you know, we can kind of get there, but when you start to get to no perceptions, meaning you don't hear anything, sight doesn't really exist, feelings like your body sensations almost don't exist. Like those are, are Mm -hmm. a little more uncommon, I think, to most people's meditative Mm -hmm. experience. And so yeah. um, TM has really um, been bringing me closer into some of those. And um, those, are, those are pretty impactful, epic experiences to have, in my opinion. And so like, I, I really enjoy it. And I just find that, um, that with TM, like, it, it kind of like programs everything meditation does for you into your, your body and into your intuition. Um, hmm. versus like with Buddhist meditation, I think it's a constant practice of, um, of like being aware, coming back to your breath, being present. Hmm. Um, and, and so they're, they're just, they're, they're very different, but I've had such like, I just really couldn't talk well enough about TM. Well, it's good to know. And, and that requires a teacher. Is that right? Like you have to kind of go to something to get, is it a mantra or I feel like. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, your mantra is um, it's, it's a Sanskrit word, but it's more just like you're repeating a nonsense word that has no meaning to you. Um, and there, there are kind of like scientific reasons you would want to do that in terms of like how it would lead to calming your brain. The, the lessons, you, you take five lessons and those I, I feel are just really helpful because you kind of have someone who's like personally one-on-one guiding you into um, meditating properly in this method versus like kind of guessing and hoping from a YouTube channel that um, <laughs> you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I love because I'm I'm becoming more mindful of time, which is that we're getting closer <laughs> to um, a time to wrap up. But I know that we've 
So we've talked about a couple different things, um, meditation, a couple different types of meditation that can be helpful for times of transition, AKA just life, because is that not just the word of life happening is transition? Oh yeah. Um, and then also more specifically, doing something as simple as five minutes of time in the morning or whenever, especially if maybe we find ourselves in the midst of a lot of angst um, for whatever reason, but to take five minutes to almost like flip the worry or flip the script that's happening mentally into um, some fruitful playouts of how things might go. Yeah. And what I'm really hearing from you is the idea of setting a short and uh, achievable morning routine. Mm. And uh, for people who who don't enjoy their morning routine or feel like life instantly rushes you into it. Um, what, what I recommend is just spending 10 minutes in bed. The first thing you do when you wake up and spend five minutes meditating and five minutes visualizing your day or your week. Mm. And um, that you know, and this is, of course, is the exact opposite of what most people do, which is grab their phone and go on Instagram or right, check their text right. messages. <laughs> and, and in doing that, you're letting the world pull you. Yeah, so um, yeah. you've instantly mm. given up all of the power you have to other people, and you're you're already letting your mind become frantic. So you know, mm. I recommend just lay there in bed. It's almost like you're still sleeping. You get that 10 extra minutes in bed that we all want. And I do this literally every day. Um, and, and, you know, you just kind of relax, meditate, um, you know, it starts to wake you up a little bit. And, um, and then visualizing your day really sets you in control of what having, having by the time you go to bed that night having lived a fulfilling day yeah and I love that too is that it's not just like what would it look like to get a lot of done you know it's like what would it look like to have today be really fulfilling to you like to look back from your coffin on today is like nice work fist bump you know um and and I love also how you've made this a very specific practical doable thing that people can try um, so, Jaren, people want to learn more about what you're up to. Where can they go to do that? Yeah, I'd love to hear from you all. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Jaren Lucas. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, same same username, Jaren Lucas. And those are really the the channels on social media I'm most active on. And you can also find me on YouTube where I am putting out meditations and visualization content, as well as just kind of how to live life uh, a little happier. I love it. Jaren, thank you so much. I'm glad that you're on the podcast and in the family. Thank what a doubleheader. Yeah, thank you, Monica, <laughs> and I uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. That sounds great. Okay, goodbye. This is written by Brené Brown, and it's called The Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. And a shout out to Steph for actually texting this to me. 
which blew my mind. Um, so this is actually from Brené Brown's Rising Strong. You can actually download this. I can put a link to it in my email. And here it is. Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. There is no greater threat to the critics and cynics and fear mongers than those of us who are willing to fall because we have learned how to rise. With skinned knees and bruised hearts, we choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from struggle, we are never free. So we turn toward truth and we look it in the eye. We will not be characters in our stories, not villains, not victims, not even heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Home Health Occupational Therapy Explore podcast. If you want to stay updated or get more deeply involved with our why, which is inspiring possibility and nourishment for the home health OT mindset, go to tillandwater.com and sign up for our emails. Sounds silly, but this one step could help inspire a paradigm shift for your practice. And if this message can help someone you know, please share it with them. And until next time, keep stirring your inspiration.